I've heard Scott Hill with your fantabulous host, Chris Wolwind, and this is Kurt Flegel speaking at the moment. And also want to mention, because we can't ever forget, our incredible producer, Annie Keith. Right, Annie? I'm very forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Since when have you ever said that about yourself in your entire life? When? Never. 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 Only and with my sarcastic love. <laughs> your sar- your <laughs> wait, your love of sarcasm or your sarcastic love? My sarcastic love. Okay. <laughs> All right. One of these days that's going to be a show topic. And one uh, of these days gonna... you'll get into my head. Ooh. I I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A lot of people yeah, worry about that. <laughs> well, the same could be said of my my noggin as well. Hey, what, we want to thank you for listening in live. And for those who are listening, will be listening on podcasts. We're so thankful for you. That's the first thing we want to say is we're always thankful for you. And if you're new to the show, we want to let you know a little bit about what we do here. Really, this whole thing is about understanding and experiencing God's presence in the midst of our broken world. And we do, we know we live in a broken world. There's, we all walk through it. There's a broken world with broken people. And as we walk through it, those edges, they uh, cut us. Um, And yet God promises us that he heals us, that he is always with us. And that is, he is the healing power himself. And so what we're here to talk about is our personal stories and also the stories of Scripture that are other people's personal stories, that God has, how God has revealed himself to us in our brokenness and healed and restored our brokenness and reconciled us with each other in our brokenness. So tonight's topic, as we get rolling here in a few minutes, is going to, is about uh, just burdens. Do you have burdens? Got burdens? Then uh, we want to talk about the weight of things. And so um, as we we're going to roll in that in a minute, and I just want to uh, set that up before we talk about trivia, right, Chris? We do have we do have trivia, I believe. We like to we like to get into some uh, just have some fun and get into useless trivia, and we'll get get into that in a minute. But first, just want to set up. As we uh, as we talk about the idea tonight of of burdens, where this came out of this is set it up is the scripture. There's a letter in the uh, New Testament to the Jewish believers of the ancient church called Hebrews, and Hebrews 12:1 through 2 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And there's another uh, version of that uh, that says, let us throw off every weight and the sin that so easily entangles. Fixing our, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. This is verse 3. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And that's the thing we're going to talk about tonight, is how do we run this race with perseverance, even though we carry burdens? Uh, how, do we, how do we get rid of that weight? And what is that weight that we carry? What does that mean? And so we're going to talk about that so that we don't grow weary and lose heart. But in the meantime, before we jump into all of that and the heaviness of that topic about weight and burden, ba-doom-tsh. Uh, let us uh, let's have some fun for a moment and uh, talk about trivia. Chris, do you have any fun trivia for us? I'm still getting over your uh, drum drum roll. Uh, you know, <laughs> the snare and the cymbal thing. That's that's really good, Kurt. <laughs> oh, yes, please keep keep the compliments coming. That is that is one of my love languages. For everyone that's right. If you want to call in tonight, one of my love languages is words of affirmation. That speaks well. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll do a show on, on love languages and personality, different personality types, the different uh Yeah. 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 Well, let's see. Uh hello everyone. And um sorry I'm Great. making all kinds of noises here, but uh um I do have, um, and this this actually happened a while ago, maybe I'm thinking in the neighborhood of four to six weeks ago, uh, an Indian student had, a, had swelling in his mouth and a lot of pain, and um, uh, he went to the dentist and they pulled out of his mouth a tooth, a record breaking tooth it was when you include the root it was almost uh well hang on i'm thinking it was almost uh uh two inches long 1.53 inches long and the previous record was 1.46 inches long can you imagine a one and a half inch tooth in your mouth no, I can't no. Even do that. <laughs> I, and once again, we're talking body What a parts. burden that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> what a burden. Well, here's talk about a burden and body parts. Um, this is funny that we we keep. It seems like we have this thing that we keep, and we're not. I promise, Chris and I are not talking ahead of time, trying to create some matching trivia ideas. But the one I have tonight is also about body parts. Um, what what animal do you think uh, weigh, has the largest heart, and how much do you think it weighs, Chris? Mm, the largest heart. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take bigger uh, than the tooth. I'll tell you that. Some educated guesses. Okay. I I, I would guess either, either the elephant or the cheetah. Oh. Okay. Okay. But it, in, in terms of size, uh, yeah. I have no idea. Just throw. I would throw guess the head. elephant has to have a pretty big heart to pump the blood all through his body. Mm-hmm. But I had mm-hmm. heard. Uh, I don't know where that the cheetah, because they, you know, they run at such high speeds that uh, 
their heart has to be like pumping like uh you know a formula 1 racing car mm-hmm. kind of pump so am i right or am i close not even but i i like the cheetah idea i have to say i well, I, I like never... the cheetah, so, yeah. <laughs> you cheetah <laughs> hey by the way uh my wife showed me a picture yesterday of a photographer in a nature park who fell asleep under a tree. And while he was sleeping, a cheetah crept up and fell asleep, like right next to him. Oh, wow. And someone took a picture of this. He had no idea. This cheetah just laid down right next to him and they took a picture. Someone else took a picture. Can you imagine that? Waking up. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the the world's largest animal is the blue whale. No, no, no. The a lar- world's oh yes, you're right. The blue whale. Yes. And, and then the world's uh, largest and, heart. And its heart that uh, averages approximately uh, 400 pounds. Wow. It's the size of a small piano. Chris, as a musician, you know about pianos. And uh, its its heartbeat can be heard from uh, up to more than two miles away. Dang. Yes. <clears throat> so when Do we know love... how big its head is? And its <laughs> no, brain? I don't. I don't, actually. <laughs> All I have is the heart. I, I, what were you saying, Chris? I, I was just saying, so when they're in love, they are causing like tsunamis, right? <laughs> <in the ocean. laughs> wow, maybe that's... Uh, yeah, maybe that's what's happening in some places, right? Wow, that's crazy. Um, okay, well, so Chris, I have a question for you tonight. So I'm going to read that verse one more time as we. Yeah, we, please do. Yeah, and I and I'm gonna and I had a I'm gonna go to a different version because I actually I, that wasn't the version I meant to. <laughs> Yeah, full right. Disclo- full disclosure, that wasn't the version I actually meant to read. Uh, that was the NIV. And uh, I like the ESV. Um, some of you may know this. So I'm going to read it again. And this time uh, it has the word I was looking for. Therefore, this is, again, this is Jesus, or excuse me, the writer of this particular letter in the New Testament is writing to the Jewish believers of the first century. And this is uh, the letter to uh, the Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, starting in verse one, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that's after he's saying that after um, sharing about the people of faith from uh, the old Testament, like Abraham and Moses and such who walked with God Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight Uh and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Mm. So, Chris, the word waits. When you think about that word, what 
comes to mind for you? What ideas come to mind when it comes to a weight that we that we would need to set aside, the weight that we carry? So it says two things, right? Weight and sin. So sin is we can talk about and we and maybe that's where we go tonight as well. Who knows? But weight is where I want to focus at the moment. How would you define that for yourself? Yeah. Because I know that, um, you know, for the Hebrews, the, the, the description of glory often has that kabod Mm. um, um, weight, weight of glory. And, you know, when we think about glory, we're usually thinking about light or, shining or you know something brilliant that is happening on the outside and coming in but then there is the hebrew uh notion of glory describing the nature of someone that is their internal uh and their internal heart so to speak or as the hebrews would say their their kidneys you know their the the inside um, but the idea of this uh, weight of glory, that uh, at least for me, um, you know, you can look at this weight in a negative way, mm-hmm. you know, like something weighing us down. Yeah. Um, but I think in this verse, for me, I just think more like an anchor that there is something that is weighted in me so that I'm not easily moved. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I perceive, you know, when, when I first think of, of this verse. But to your question directly about what, are you asking me what weighs me down or what, my, what I perceive might weigh me down? Well, yeah, I mean, and and I'm very intrigued. By the way, I, I I will I have to say this. I'm very intrigued by the idea that you presented of weight, right? Of mm. of being, you know, that word kabat, that idea of glory, and and I don't I don't want to neglect that because I think that's really powerful, and uh, and you brought to mind actually some things that I heard recently uh, when I went to I went to a conference at a church and, and one of the speakers was talking about this and it was very profound for me, so I'd love to get back to that. But in this, what's interesting is, you know, when you think of weight, as, you know, in that term of glory or kabod, uh, then you don't want to set that aside. But here, the, the author of Hebrews says, we need to set the weight, every weight and sin aside, focusing. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. well, in this case, in this particular case, and I don't have before me the word here, um, the word for weight that he is using here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has, has a negative connotation for sure. He's asking, he's commanding us, or urging us to set that aside. So, in the negative term, like what would they be asking? 
Uh, Kurt, we're we're having some spiritual effects on your voice. What do you mean? <laughs> it it sounded like you were in a cave somewhere, and uh, and that we were just getting the glory of you, <laughs> but not the real part of you. Oh man! Uh, but now we're back to to the real you. So go ahead and make that point again. Okay. What what is that? Where did you lose me? Just make the whole point again. Well, the point I was saying was that the idea of weights that you're talking about is is really important. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Went to a conference not too long ago that was talking about – one of the speakers talked about that idea of weight as glory as kabod, mm-hmm. uh, and which, which is actually a really good thing. However, um, in this context, in this passage, the the writer tells us to lay aside that weight, and right. that it's a negative thing, like right. a burden, a weight, uh, every every sin and weight, and uh. and set it aside by by looking to Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith. So why, why, so the, obviously this isn't the weight that you're talking about, though I don't want to neglect that because I think that there's something interesting in that. Um, so what, in, in terms, okay, in terms of, of weight, we, maybe we start, there's a, you know, you and I both know as, as people who teach, especially teaching scripture, there's a point of, looking what did it mean to them and mm-hmm. what does it mean to us so maybe we start with the idea of what did what did wait for for the jewish believers in the first century what would this writer be urging them what kind of weight and burdens did they carry might they think define this as uh what were they struggling with and what was hard for them, t- tough for them, that they needed to set aside, not the weight and the sin that they needed to set aside. Mm-hmm. Well, the the context of this of this book was, you know, it was it was being written. Hebrews was being written to um, most likely Jewish believers who were being lazy in their faith, and in many cases were. Um, falling away. Um, some were being argumentative about about the scriptures, and uh, and because there was a lot of pressure in that day, both from uh, you know Jewish zealots who were trying to get to these believers and have them come back to the faith. Uh, there was a great pressure for them to return. And um, uh, so when I, when I look at the context of, you know, uh, lethargy and apathy, um, his encouragement to set aside or to lay aside um, these burdens, um, I think is, has more to do with... Um, Put it, putting aside uh, 
their concerns and their worries and their and the pressures of of what they're feeling that is getting in the way of them growing in the Lord. Um, I mean, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Is is this? It's uh, is this is this background context? Does that make sense at all? I think so. I Maybe think... that's not where you're going, but no, no, I'm... I, I, I honestly, I don't really know exactly where we're going tonight. I know that there's. <laughs> You're not supposed to admit that, no. <laughs> anyway. No, I, full disclosure. I, it, a yeah. lot of the times, we, you and I, both, prayerfully ask God to lead yes. this. And yeah. I have the sense that this idea of weight is tonight is very, is very important. Maybe, I think if it's true for me, mm-hmm. uh, God is pressing that upon me to to have this discussion on this, that it's true for other people as well. And so I think it's important to, you know, to explore. And this was the passage that I sensed, I I sensed a a burden. I sensed a, it's funny that we use that word when we, uh, when we feel a a sense of God leading, but I sensed like a, a, a nudging in this direction of talking about this passage. So it's important that we, we don't often start with a scripture passage in, in, yeah. in the show yeah. and, and kind of unpack that. Yeah. yeah. So tonight's interesting. We're just, we're walking through that. And so you, you talked about um, the, the, the persecution. You talked about that there was, we see this with Jesus. We see this with the the first group of Christ followers after Jesus leaves. That yeah. those they were all Jewish mm-hmm. for the most part. All yes. of them were Jewish, and that yet they were at odds with the the common Jewish beliefs at the time that would be considered, say, Orthodox, even those who were, well, it didn't matter because there were those who were right-wing leaning and left-wing leaning when it came to the to the, the, the different sects. And I'm saying a word like right. Uh, right. S-E-C-T-S, not sex. I'm not, Got I just it. want to clarify, sects of Judaism there were some were liberal, some were conservative, conservative, and both of them opposed, uh, for the most part, Jesus and his followers. Mm-hmm. And so here we have, decades later, uh, this same. It seems like the same thing is going on. Is this writer to the Jewish believers is talking about their burdens, about the weight that they're carrying, and one of those could be. I think what you started to talk about was the weight of of persecution of other people, you know, um, challenging them. You know how hard yeah. it is for us yeah. at times uh-huh. just to be challenged in our faith, constantly challenged by other people about what we believe, mocked. And not only that, for that part, that's heavy enough, but to go to the point where they were being threatened physically. Yeah. 
we see uh, instances of even being thrown in jail and even murdered, even stoned to death. Or, and I mean, if I th- think about getting hit with rocks until I'm dead, I've been hit by rocks as a kid. I got into rock fights. That was a right. dumb decision that I helped start. Uh, and I've been hit by some pretty good sized rocks. And I can't imagine being killed mm-hmm. by, you know, being killed by uh, being rocks thrown at me until I die. That's crazy. So that's there's weight there. If you're yep. mocked constantly for your faith, if you're in danger, your very life is in danger, or your physical well-being, or you know, like the the threat of jail, of prison. Mm-hmm. And so that what they were choosing, and that was the bit. That's what the writer is addressing is uh, they were choosing to go back. They were reconsidering reconsidering the old covenant, the old regulations. The old going back to Moses, um, going back to Aaron, going back to the law. And so when the writer is writing this, he's trying to awaken them using the Old Testament and saying, oh, no, 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 no. You need to understand that Jesus, as the Son of God, the Son of Man, Messiah, he is fulfilling the Old Testament Covenant, the Old Testament pictures of the law, the Moses, of, of the temple, of, of the promised land, that uh, Jesus is the better of these things. And what he brings in his kingdom is the perfect and the good. So if this is the case, if he is the best high priest for us, should we not hold on to him? And, uh, and that's really the tenor of this whole book. And so then when he goes into uh, the cloud of witnesses, which is, you know, in chapter 11, rehearsing all, the, all those who suffered uh, based on their faith in someone they couldn't see, but someone who had promised a great future, these witnesses now the encouragement comes again, like the eighth or ninth time. Throw off these things that are hindering you, confusing you, the sin that entangles us, and join in the race again. Wake up. Don't, don't, be, um, don't become infants. Join in the race again. Keep growing. Keep moving forward those kinds of encouragements were there. So it's interesting to me and uh, that, and I want to set this up before we go to our commercial break here, that uh, it's interesting to me that they, they had to be convinced that Jesus was better than the things that they had come from because of simply the pressure of the religious Mm. leaders at the time were Mm -hmm. pressuring them to go back to the old ceremonies and liturgies and sacrifices and, and all the things that they came from that they had actually been freed of if they I mean, they they could still be practices for them if they wanted it to be out of a heart to worship God. Right. Um, 
but they were not those were not the things that that they did to gain God's pleasure. But, right. And and it, it's interesting to me that they had to be convinced of that again um because those things even were called the yoke. Mhm. A, a weight. Even the yeah. ceremonies, even even you know traveling to Jerusalem for the festivals and and the the kind of the kind of rules and laws that they had to follow in some ways could be seen as very restrictive in themselves and a weight in themselves mm-hmm. and yet here they are being told they're being tempted to go back to those things and it's like yeah. so the question is what why you know that we're going to set up for right after the break why are even today what are some things that that we're coming out of that Jesus is offering us freedom from that we're tempted to go back to what are some things that he is freeing us from that we're tempted to go back to and why are we tempted again and again to go back to the burdens and the weight that we don't have to carry anymore so let's yes. think about that as we uh, go to our commercial break. Okay. And it's coming. <laughs> and the commercial break is not coming. <laughs> okay. Well. Go ahead and just uh, just uh, finagle it. You, we we know what 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 it is okay, who is well, it that we want to thank does it well does annie first of all have that is she able to do that for us i don't think so so let's go ahead and wing it not at all okay wait did we lose annie completely we may have okay that's but okay she's here okay. in spirit she's here okay. in spirit. <laughs> uh okay so well i can see her chris but i can't see you just so you know uh so first of all i want to make sure that uh, we let everyone know who's listening that you can tune in if you obviously you're probably if you're listening live you're listening on blogtalkradio.com you're listening in through the linked local network broadcast on blogtalkradio.com you can also chat with us you can leave us questions you can post comments on our Facebook page, Life Hurts, God Heals. And we will see those. Typically, we'll see those. And you can also email us at lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com. And I also want to mention that you, you uh, if you're looking if, uh, on the website, you can see that we have a phone number there, 323-580-5755. So you can actually call in and talk to us live on the air. We would love that from 7 to 9 Pacific time, 323-580-5755. And we want to thank, uh, there's a number of shows that we also love and are on this on Linked Local Network. First of all, we want to thank our Linked Local Network for having us as one of their shows. Uh, we they're a huge support for us. And so you can 
you can listen into a variety of shows on Link Local Network supporting not only us, but shows like Road to Recovery, which happens on Sunday evenings. I believe, Chris, if uh, I'm wrong, you can uh, you can tell me, but I believe it's uh, six o'clock uh-huh. uh, on Sunday nights. And there's there's also is that is that correct? I think that's correct. Yes. Okay. And there's also on Thursday Thursdays there's uh, pillars of franchising. If you are interested, if you have a business and you're interested in franchising, it's a great show to listen to for that reason uh-huh. as well. And just want to remind you that you even after this, if you like, if you're listening live to the show, and you want to recommend it, we are. Uh, these shows are recorded and they are put on podcasts. You can go to uh, player.fm is a website for those who are Android users. You can go there and get the podcasts for the show player.fm. Look under link to local network always for our show Life Hurts Got Heals. You can also go under uh, iTunes and you can find our podcast there under link local broadcast network now here's an easy way to find the links if you just go on facebook to life hurts god heals we have tons yeah. of, po- of posts there where the links are available to you for those things and we're also we're we're on actually a new um a new podcast website and i don't want to mess this up so i i believe it is called tuned in but just just to make sure that I'm right. Well, if you did mess up, I'll just tune you out. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. So I, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Anyway. Very good. Okay. So do you remember the question? Uh, yes. Okay. Why do we go back to the burdens and the weight of the world? And what are they? What are they? First of all, what are those things today that would be those kind of weights and burdens that we carry that would be maybe? Um, well, you know, the biggest weight I think of all is is our is our past. Hmm. Uh, the memories God built us with a fantastic brain to remember. Isn't it funny that we we can't re- it's much more difficult to remember the good things but the bad things are just so ingrained in us and, and it's very difficult to to lose those. And uh and the collateral damage that was felt, we have emotional memories and pictures and videos in our mind and those are those are terrific, sometimes horrific burdens and they are a deep weight that often if not almost all the time, influences the current direction, behaviors, choices that we make in our life. And oftentimes, um, you know, if, if you suffer from PTSD like I do, or panic attacks, or an anxiety disorder of some sort, you remember the emotions and the feelings of those times and that can hamper uh, the effects of your day and the present 
So. So what I hear you saying, I want to make sure I'm hearing this correctly, Chris. And what I what I hear you saying is that the things of the past are the things that can that uh, we're what we've experienced, what we've endured, hurts, pain, things like that. Well, for the Hebrews, the past was their Jewish rituals and traditions that they no longer had to walk in as a way to um, to be pleasing to God. That Jesus had covered had covered them in His sacrifice. Those those animal sacrifices were no longer required, which was their past for hundreds right. and hundreds of years. That was their past, and which we might add, they looked at with positive reflection, not negative reflection. Positive reflection. Words, they they. Uh, I mean, that's why it was so attractive to go back to patterns, traditions, rituals, structure, um, someone telling me what to do, and, and a way to feel like I'm worshiping God in tangible ways uh, that, I can, that, that I feel like I'm pleasing God when I do these 1,000 things you know, uh, of that day. So they looked at that in, in somewhat a, of a positive way until the negative things happened like for instance being if you developed leprosy or if you were paralyzed or uh, a loved one passed and now there were suddenly burdens that were multiplied on you because of those same regulations um so but but i think overall there there was a temptation much in the same way for believers today Going back to the world, going back to the life we once had, because it is covered with lights and wonderful aromas and smells sometimes, that uh, we think that we will find uh, the solution to our problems by going back into those old structures and living in those old ways of the world. Uh, because that is where I dealt and felt all the problems that I, that I received. And the solutions still seem to be found on, you know, TV talk shows and, and nutritional analysis and, you know, political answers or whatever, you know. Um, okay. No, I like this. I like this. So what I hear you saying is there were things that worked for us. So there were things that worked for the Hebrews. There were yeah. things that worked for the Jews at one point in yeah. their lives that don't that the author of Hebrews saying is saying these things don't work for you anymore. Right. This, this way of doing things doesn't work for you anymore because of Jesus. Correct. Because there's a new way of living. Correct. And these things are now a weight. That That's are, correct. See, they didn't think of it as a weight, but now when you have the new and you've experienced the new, which is why in chapter, was it chapter uh, six, he, he talks about, you know, you've tasted the heavenly gift. You've tasted the, the Holy Spirit. Um, um, why do you, uh, 
and, and in that chapter, you know, he talks about being careful of being drawn back to to the old things that no longer have any value or validity now because the perfect has come in Christ. So okay. anyway. No, that's great. That's great. So that does that. And what you said, I love what you said there was that 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 is what we often do. We go back to the things that used to work for us, mm-hmm. the way the way of doing things, say are the regulations, quote unquote, the way of living and behaving that we learned, the the way of problem solving, the the way to deal with pain, the uh, whatever um, things that we used to think, or they maybe they did help us survive or work for us and our family, in our in our family, our, you know, families of origin, or maybe uh, our work situations, uh, interacting with kids at school, whatever school age we're talking about, from kindergarten all the way up to college, and that that those are a weight now. Those those ways of dealing with issues that we think are uh, that will help us are now await in light of walking with Jesus. So what are some things, just from your experience, my experience, this is a starting point because everybody's different. And as you like to say, and I agree, that we're all on our own journey. We all have our own stories. But there are things that cross, you know, mm-hmm. pollinate in each other's lives. So what what are some things that you would go, these are the things that I I, these are the the things I used to do. This is how I used to handle things, um, mm-hmm. and now I see that that's a weight that Jesus doesn't want me to carry. That's not that doesn't it's not helpful to me now. It's sure. actually a burden. What yeah. what are some things for you and I? What we would say uh, that doesn't help me anymore. Um. Well, for me, for me and. Um, the things that that I am relinquishing um, because in in even as a Christian, they brought a certain sense of value, and one of them was being being known for uh, your giftings, you know, and when you're a pastor and everybody uh, seems to like what you are bringing or doing, you get lots of affirmation as a pastor, and that can go to your head and you can begin to make the equation that that is where my value and significance is. And uh, over time, you get trained by that, and you don't know that you're trained by it hmm. until it's uh, until it's a hamper, until it's a weight, <laughs> a burden. And so my pursuit now is to not is not status; it's humility, because slowly the roots of pride had had grown and I didn't even know they were growing. I didn't even know that this was happening happening. It's like when uh Samson's hair is cut, he didn't know that the Lord had left him. 
And, you know, the Lord had given him many warnings about this. And so um, I recognize some of the warnings now, looking back, that I didn't respond to in, 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 in that. And uh, so having gone through my wilderness journey and, and feeling as if in the last five years, I'm starting my Christian life over, <laughs> mm. uh, which is, is a, a big reboot. That is a huge reboot in my life because it means that I don't necessarily take uh, my, you know, my former view of God, my former view of my faith. I, I hold on to that loosely and I'm letting the scriptures speak freshly to me and letting God's spirit. I'm actually spending time listening to God's spirit reveal who God is through his word, but it's like I have a new set of uh, eyeglasses now uh, because my old glasses got all scratched up by my old way of doing Christian life, doing Christian family, doing Christian love, doing even Christian service. Um, All those things kind of got, kind of got messed up there. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, thank you. That's really good. I, you just sharing that just made me think about something that there's a couple things going through my head. One is just a story of, of my own, my own, uh, experience just, just going you know, last week we had some technical issues because I was in Orlando for a, a conference mm-hmm. and I was trying to uh, be on the show from the hotel. Well, that travel experience was interesting and it kind of brings, it, it reminds me of what you're talking about, Chris, because uh, I just want to share this story and see how this, this applies to what you're talking about. And that is when I was leaving, you know, I, it's important to for the story to, to remind people, or if you're new and you're listening, that I I struggle with a uh, an, a neurological disease that is a t- constantly attacking the muscles in my extremities, so arms, legs, throats, even, and I'm growing weaker all the time. Unless Jesus heals me. This this disease will continually weaken me to the point that I could be in a wheelchair in five to ten years, things like that. So going, I can still walk, and I praise God every day that I can go out. I love to go out early in the morning and prayer walk before mm-hmm. it's light out, and uh, through the neighborhoods on my side of town. And so my wife, knowing this. I'm planning on bringing a backpack with my computer in it. And so there's a lot of stuff in my backpack plus carry instead of carrying a suitcase with wheels, I'm going to take a duffel bag. So I don't have to put anything into, uh, you know, like check any luggage in. I can take it right on the plane. I feel this is going to make things faster for me. And of course my wife is smarter than me and says, actually, that's not good. That's going to weigh you down. That's going to slow you down. So get get something with wheels, put it, you know, put it, check it in. That way you can walk around freely. Well, I don't listen to her. There again is a problem uh, for another day. But uh, to, 
I don't listen to her, and now I'm walking around, and I'm carrying two heavy items. Yeah. And what strikes me in that is I I can't live the way I used to live. <laughs> I I always had a lot of energy and a lot of strength. I've always been a thin guy, but I've always been – I've had great strength. And as I'm walking through the air, airport with these weights, I'm slowed down, and at one point, I have a really short turnaround coming back between uh, mm-hmm. trying to uh, flying into Phoenix. And uh, shout out to Annie, that's where she's from, our, our producers originally from Phoenix. And there's a short turnaround to get my flight uh, to San Luis Obispo, where I live. And I can't run anymore. And I mm-hmm. definitely can't move fast with. The, with the backpack and the the carry on that I've got and uh, and the duffel bag and I'm I'm having to do do everything I can to get to my terminal which is farther away than I had hoped from where I landed and it reminds me of what you're saying there are things that we used to do that we can't do anymore that are a weight and a burden to me and for me the very fact that I used to be I used to rely without even realizing it I used to rely on my my physical capabilities mm-hmm. more than I really want to admit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that they were a hindrance and a weight when it comes to Trusting God. For instance, in this season, God has really got me down to this point where he's like, Kurt, in every moment, you, your, your strength is gone, and you have to just be present with me in every moment. You have to learn to be present with me. I didn't have to be present like that uh, just a few years ago because everyone knew me as the Energizer Bunny. I had so much energy and power all the time, just within myself. I could, I could meet with people all day and all night and still be focused and in tune with what they were saying be, uh, without taking naps or anything like that. Um, but that was a reliance on – they were gifts that God gave me. That energy level was a gift that God gave me. But, mm. in, but in that gift, I didn't rely – I'm the giver of the gift. I relied on the gift. And so, and so it became a weight. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I, and so there are these different stages and, and I want to, I want to be clear. There are different stages in our faith that we learn that, that are good for us to walk through. And God always, just like going back to the Hebrews in the old Testament, God met them where they were when they were when they were interacting with God around around all of those legal rituals, the law. God was meeting with them and He was gracious to them in those places. In fact, someone said this to me while I was on this trip. He said I went back to the Old Testament. I'm reading through it and I'm looking for instances of God's grace in the Old Testament, hmm. and I'm finding it. God's grace, his, his, his favor and his gifts, right? Mm-hmm. Grace means, the word grace actually means charis, right? Yeah. I thought it was Chris, but oh. it's <laughs> But even, but even in that, like 
he, and he said, I'm finding it on every page. I'm finding his grace evidence in the Old Testament on every, on every page. So I want to make sure and say, like, whatever stage we're in, even when we're relying too much on the things that God has given us, like you were relying, you were talking about your gifts, how you leaned in, you were leaning yeah. into your gifts rather than seeing the giver of those gifts. And, I, and I'm saying the same thing. It was, it's passion and energy that God has given me that like seemed to be without limit. And so I relied on that often more than God, but God was there with us. Right. But now it's a time to realize, you know, like he leads us in the steps of growth to help us let go of those things that helped prop us up that were gifts then, but are no longer helpful now. Right. Right. Well, you know, when you said leaning into our gifts, I actually something something uh, deeper triggered in to me and that was I don't know that I was leaning into the gifts I was leaning into the emotion of the praise that I was receiving mm. from people in other words I was leaning into the the reinforcement that was actually leading me to pride in other words those things brought pleasure and and so my my question is is that I wonder if in my life that I lean into those things that bring pleasure and sometimes the things of God bring us pleasure. So we do the things of God and it's not to say that pleasure is wrong. I mean, God gave pleasure, but, um, the pleasure of those moments, the pleasure of the attraction, the pleasure of those things are, are strong. And so to get those feelings, we begin to pursue that, um, which in a sense is pursuing the gift and not the giver. But, but for me, just to, on a more, I guess, technical standpoint, but for me, it was, um, leaning into the to the value of those things like for instance another part of my past was and maybe this is a male gender thing i don't know you know the old story about people who talk about the fish they caught and it's always bigger than they remember <laughs> you know and the fish keeps getting bigger and bigger until it's like a whale of a story and uh i have found at times that when I don't remember well, I exaggerate extremely well. Mm. And it's usually putting me in a position of, or enabling a position of an, author, an authoritative voice. That is, I'm speaking from experience. I know what I'm talking about. But actually, my memory is quite shaky on what it is I'm drawing from but I put it out there. Um, it's kind of like what politicians do. I've seen politicians do this where they say they've gone to such and such country and they were there at such and such battle. And then when they do a fact check, they realize they weren't even on the plane and weren't even on, in the country. 
<laughs> but they were they were doing that in order to make a point and to establish their voice, uh, their strengths, uh, those kinds of things. Um, I've seen pastors do it, but I've seen me do it. I've seen me do that. And, uh, and so when I've, so now when I'm in my infant stage as a pastor, it's so weird to say that, but, but, uh, now that I'm, I'm launching freshly into the scripture and into my relationship with God, God is revealing all of these patterns that were actually confusing, um, my way becoming a burden uh, toward freedom, toward a fresh relationship with God. Uh, you know, before you re respond to that, I wanted to respond to your illustration about your uh, airline uh, yeah. scenario, because I think it's interesting that your wife warned you, yes, and you didn't, and you didn't respond to that warning and i was just thinking of the many ways god warns us but we don't respond because we are absolutely convinced that living the old way or the old pattern is better and perhaps even god given and yet god is 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 giving us warnings and signs and flashes to say, I want to move you away from this to this. But even when we get the warnings from God, we can't recognize it as from God or our, our, we're so, our vision is so cloudy because we're focused somewhere else. It's like, it's like I'm focused on God but then God has moved and I'm still looking at the same direction. Okay. But God has moved and now God is in my periphery vision. And so when he's saying, Hey, I'm over here, I'm still looking, you know, West and he's moved North. And, and that's a big problem in my life is, is uh, that I don't see his movements, which is why, Having gone through my wilderness, I am far more, I'm pressing the matter into my life to be in tune where God is moving uh, because I, I want to be able to hear his voice. If he, if he gets too far or I get too far, then as the shepherd, if he says, okay, Chris, I'm going over to this ravine and this valley and it's around the rock, I want to be able to hear that <laughs> so that I can follow it. Otherwise, he's got to leave the 99 and chase me down. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't want that. I want to be near because I don't want to wake up at some point and find myself in danger because I'm facing a wolf and my mouth has been nibbling on all this green grass. And I look up and the shepherd is way over somewhere else. And he's not protecting me because I've moved away from him. And, and so when I, when I heard this, this thing about your wife uh, speaking, and that was like God speaking to you, but don't tell her uh, that. <laughs> I hope she hears it loud and clear. So, 
I, uh, I I think what you just said is is very much the truth. And I want to unpack that a little more because I want to talk, especially the idea of of the difference between God always being with us, the Holy Spirit living in us, and the idea of God um, moving away from us and saying, I'm over here. Like, I want to talk about the tension of, of that, like, mm-hmm. making sure we clarify the, those things. But first... The, the clarify the idea of God is always with us. God, the Holy Spirit sure. lives in us if we are a follower of Jesus. But what but is we it? We kind of shut him down. That's but the what, idea. Well, okay. Well, I want to I hold that thought because I want I want you to explain that. But first, I want to make sure that we uh, take a break and talk about uh, the different uh, people that we love in the Link Local Network. So hopefully, Annie can do this for us. Hey friends, and thank you for tuning in to Life Hurts, God Heals. If this is Tuesday and somewhere between 7 and 9 p.m. Pacific, you're listening to us live. If you have a question for Kurt and Chris during this time, please give us a call at 323-580-5755. If you cannot call, that's okay. You can always reach us through our Facebook page, Life Hurts, God Heals, or send us an email at lifehurtsgodheals.com. 2020 at gmail.com. That's all one word. We'd also like to thank the Link Local Network for broadcasting our show. Some of the other shows that are a part of the Link Local Network are The Road to Recovery on Sundays at 7 p.m. Central, Community Voices Chat, which is currently every other Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, The Pillars of Franchising, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Link Local Network in your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any of our episodes. Again, our email is lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com, all one word, or give us a call at 323-580-5755. And back to you, Kurt and Chris. Okay, you started to give a very clear and concise uh, understanding of what you're talking about, and I really liked it. So here's the, here's the, the tension between the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in us as Christ followers, which Ephesians chapter one, the letter to the ancient uh, church in Ephesus talks about, and the idea of God moving in our, in our lives and, and moving and wanting to move us and we get stuck and don't move with them. So can, how, how does that, if God is always with us, but then he moves away and we're, Sure. Not moving with them. Like, how would how would you explain that? Well, it's like when we began the show, we talked about uh, the reason Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, was written. It was written for uh, primarily Jewish believers who who were drifting backwards and not moving with God forwards. Uh, where Christ was, the, where all the benefits of Christ being the Lord and Messiah in their life, where he could offer these things because of the pressures of the world, the pressures of persecution, the safety and security that Judaism once brought to them. But at some point they left it because they saw the beauty and the joy and the freedom that Christ had brought. But now... You know, after many decades, uh, 
there was this uh, pressure to return. There was also not just the pressure to return, but there was laziness. And, uh, and that's one of the primary reasons Hebrews was written, was to address this lethargy and apathy, which had encroached upon these believers, which incidentally is, is, is um, pro- I don't want to say symptomatic, of of the Jewish culture in that in that era but the idea was is not so much lazy but now that I belong to God and I'm Abraham's child and I'm a follower of the law of God through Moses and Elijah is my prophet once I'm in I don't really need to worry about my behaviors with God mm. except in terms of when they violate the law, all right? And this is why the Jews had had put together over 5,000 laws over and above the three or 400 uh, commands that, that God gave in, in the New Testament because they were interested in addressing every behavior. But that didn't work because inwardly there was still all kinds of immorality, bad thoughts, cursings, judgments, condemnations against others, and so forth, which is what Jesus addressed in the Beatitudes. And so, what's interesting to me is that the writer in Hebrews is saying that there is this problem of apathy. In other words, you're carrying the comfortability of your of of what you remember in Judaism you're carrying it into your Christianity and as a result you are not growing in your relationship with God for okay. instance in chapter 5 right here in verse 11 the writer says it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand in fact Though by this time you ought to be teachers, he's telling them, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So this thing about no longer trying to understand speaks to the idea of laziness. And so going back to your airport illustration, uh, when your wife suggests, you know, um, that may not work, there wasn't a willingness on your side to try to understand that. And that is because of holding on to the old ways, the old things. That I could do it in my own strength. I could do it in my, yes, exactly. Which I can't anymore. Right. But I thought I could. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, well, I lost your original question now, but... No, no, this is good. I've got, what I'm hearing, and the original question was, how how does it how does it how do you define the idea of first the Holy Spirit's always with us? He lives oh, yeah. inside us. But yet 
he's moving and we can get left behind. And he's like, I'm on the periphery of our vision saying, Hey, I'm over here working and I need you to join me. And we stay put. And what you said, what I, you know, to clarify this, and I would say you're talking about growing in maturity. You're talking about growing in depending on God's power and, and being aware of his presence and every moment, it's not that God isn't with us, that there are times we are not aware of him being there and what he's doing in our lives. And right. we're doing our old routine, the old and that's thing. What the, and that's what those Jewish believers, that the writer is encouraging them that God, God wants to move them forward, but they're becoming unwilling, not even trying to understand what God is doing. And so God, God was with them. God was with these believers. But think about it. The writer in, of Hebrews, who's being instructed by God to write to them, saying, God, God wants you to move from your past in holding on to the structures of Judaism into the freedom of Christ. So it's not so much that that uh, God is leaving us. It's that we're leaving God. In other words, God is in us through his spirit. But if we continue to live the old pattern, like I had mentioned earlier, we, I, I feel like in my life it is about shutting God down or not listening to the person tell me, I'm not sure you t- should take this luggage this way. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there was the encouragement to transition into the directions God was going, but not being willing to do that. Yes. And I want to, I want to say there are so many ways this applies to our lives. When we're hurt, what do we go to, to feel comfort? Yeah. If we're afraid, what do we go to, to feel um, safe? If we're powerless, where do we go to for our power? And, and a lot of the times, I would say, even in my younger years, when I would be stuck in a pattern of, so we have weight and sin, and they oftentimes are connected to each other. Why Hebrews connects it? We feel the weight, and we go to some pattern of sin to make ourselves feel better about mm-hmm. the weight. Like, mm-hmm. we get into right. these, stuck in these things. And so, like, what are those things, like, if you want to see, am I walking in maturity with God? What do you go to when you feel afraid right now? What are you going to? Are you going to shopping? Are you going to some, you know, uh, are you going to uh, alcohol or uh, pornography or what are you going to? Or do you go to people or do you, you know, those are the things. And that's one side of this is are we going to God for our comfort, our safety, our power to yes. find that he has everything we need. And, and, and we're getting stuck in those places because and we're not moving into maturity because we keep going back in the weight of fear or powerlessness or mm-hmm. insecurity. Mm-hmm. We go to a sinful pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another, and that's good. And that's important for people to think through. I also want to talk about in the, when you were talking about this, Chris, 
it also reminded me there are stages of faith that generally speaking, there are stages of faith that every Christ follower, it's going to look different for every one of us individually in many ways, but there are overarching stages of faith that typically we all move through. And Mm -hmm. so this is what I was thinking about. There's a book out there. I want to get, these are coming from this book. I'm going to read these, um, these stages and see, I want you to tell me what you think about these. There's six stages. Um, and, and I'm going to read them that they're the stages of maturing of going from drinking milk to eating solid food uh-huh. that, that Jesus has for all of us as believers that, that the, the writer of Hebrews was talking about for those Jewish believers that they were getting stuck in the stage. And so the, I think this will be helpful for people to understand wherever they are, that they're, they're in one of these stages and that there's a there's another stage for them to move through, and and sometimes we move back and forth from previous stages to uh-huh. we go backwards sometimes. So uh-huh. here's the general character the, the the six stages and the general characteristics of those stages. For so for one stage one is a rec is that recognition of God that we believe we come to faith. It's a, and the characteristic of that stage is that early stage of faith, of stage one, is a sense of awe, a need for a savior. A greater, there's a greater meaning in life, a, a sense of innocence and openness. And then to move, where we get stuck in that stage is we uh, begin to listen to the old feelings of worthlessness or we feel uh, or ignorant and don't believe that we really are worth more. We can get stuck there in that place of first coming to faith when we, when we, when we really believe, we start to hear those voices that tell us we're worthless or ignorant and we, and we won't believe. Uh, how we move to the next stage when that early stage is we become part of a strong group of believers, a church community, and we take on more significance uh, we 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 begin to do things that to help other people to to find purpose, and we can even follow a strong leader that helps provide some direction. It could be a pastor of a church, or it could be a, a strong group leader. We get into a group, so that's stage one. Stage two is the is the life of discipleship. We are learning about God, and the, and the, the characteristics of this stage is meaning comes from belonging. We're in that group, and we're learning, and we're growing, and we're belonging. And answers are found in a leader, right? They that we have a strong leader is teaching us the Bible, teaching us about Jesus. We have a sense, a strong sense of rightness and security in our faith. We we there's a, there's a strong sense of right and wrong, and this is right and this is wrong. Where we can get stuck in that is we become rigid in our righteousness. And we begin to follow the rules quite like where the Hebrews were at when they wanted to go back to the rules, right? And we develop a we-against-them attitude, and we sometimes we keep switching churches because we have such a rigid sense mm-hmm. of what we believe and this church oh this they're off in this area i got to go find another church you know or it believes this, like me yeah yeah 
uh, how we can move to the next stage is we can recognize our uniqueness and identify our giftedness that we're different from other people, and that's okay. Um, and we can recognize that we can contribute to our group, our church, our system. Instead of sitting on the sideline and judging, uh-huh. we begin to participate. Right. And we begin to serve. And we become uh, we become part of the solution rather than part of the problem. So that's stage two. And stage three the, is the productive life. We are about doing things for God. Uh-huh. And so in this... The, we, uh, the characteristics of that is the uniqueness of our community, our sense of belonging to a church and being part of the body, like being part of it in our activities and our serving, uh, that we are taking on greater responsibility in some areas of our lives, work, home, church. And that's good. We're growing and giving ourselves away and participating in, the, in our community of believers and in serving other people. However, we can get stuck, again, even in this stage, if we become, again, overly zealous in our way of doing things. Mm-hmm. We can actually be, can become weary in, well, in well-doing. Like what we're... Burned out. <laughs> yes, burned out. Because we're giving so much of ourselves away that we uh, we aren't creating boundaries and balance in our lives, and we can also get self-centered because uh, because we're doing so much and we're getting accolades and yeah. people are raving over those things, and so we can view our lives as performance-driven rather than working mm-hmm. out of a place of rest. So, how do we move to the next stage? We this is going to be interesting in some ways. We have to lose our sense of certainty in certain things. Mm-hmm. Things we thought worked don't work anymore. Right. Uh, experience faith or a personal crisis actually is movement in this stage. Though many people will say that it looks like we're losing our faith. You know, let me step in at this moment just to say that. There was a period of time, actually probably many decades, where preaching in our churches often uh, – the, the preaching was structured in such a way that if you do this, 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 you'll get this. In other words, everything was equation-oriented. So, you know, you have five keys to this, three steps to this your seven goals, those kinds of things. And when you get this, then you'll get peace or then you'll get results or then. And even today, we get a lot of that kind of preaching, um, mostly because we're in America or part of Western Civ. And and uh, so life is very organized and we're very much about business orientations. But life, life is not a, a clean equation. Rarely is two plus two equal four. <laughs> and 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 God's equation. <laughs> as a as a pastor, I began to realize what it was that I was actually doing because I was met, you know I was taught homiletics, which is how you learn to to teach and preach, and then you you know you listen to a lot of other preachers in different denominations and what it is they're teaching and bringing and so forth. And then I began to realize a pattern 
that didn't fit in my life because my life was not very predictable. And so I, I began personally to alter that just in my teaching mode. But then also much later, especially having gone you know, through the difficulties of life, you realize, wow, this, this is not just about teaching. This is about life. Life is unpredictable because mm. this world is unpredictable. It is broken and messed up. And uh, the older you get, the wiser you get. And the wisdom seems to be, oh, yeah, there's nothing perfect here on Earth. There just isn't. So yes. there's my little, little interjection there on stage three. Well, and I really appreciate that because that really is the idea here is, is that one plus one in, in God's realm often equals three. It doesn't make sense to us. And that's exactly. part of faith. It isn't. It isn't like do this, do this, do this, and this will happen. Yeah. It's, and and when we live in that kind of again, that's one of those weights that we live in as kind of logic, of earthly yeah. logic, and ignore. Oftentimes, we can acknowledge the, the the words of Isaiah 55, the prophet Isaiah, saying, speaking the words of God, saying, "My ways are higher than your ways. Yes, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts." And trust me, he says in this, right, that that my word, my word will go out and it will not return void. Mm-hmm. It will go out and it will water. It will bring nourishment. And we often like what you shared, the illustration of my, of my wife's voice being the voice of God. We ignore that voice mm-hmm. and we don't trust God's ways is being higher than our ways because we're still relying on our past experiences and our logic. Yeah. And so this is where stage three, we begin to lose that sense of certainty. We begin to experience a personal or faith crisis and we oftentimes can feel abandoned by God because things aren't working out the way we think they should when it comes to God and others. We, we lose, we feel abandoned by God other people we're looking for direction we're seeking guides and and they're oftentimes in this place before we get to stage four five and six somewhere in this part is where is what's called the wall where we hit the wall or some people call it the cloud of unknowing when we enter a cloud and things that we used to think were certain and when it comes to our faith, the things that were one plus one equals two don't don't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, the wall is the, or the cloud of unknowing is this period of life where, again, some people uh, think we've lost our faith. That the the quote for this one is things just aren't working anymore. Mm-hmm. There's got to be more. Yeah. And and what what can happen is in this place where we feel lost. We mm-hmm. feel like everything we once knew makes no sense to us anymore. And uh, go, going through the wall, it involves discomfort. It involves uh, actually surrender, learning to surrender, our, even our feelings of uncertainty and um, our, you know, of, of not believing and our surrendering our logical way of seeing things. It's surrendering our old ways of doing things. And 
the wall, it's part of the wall, though, in surrendering, we find awareness of God's presence in ways we never experienced before. Uh, we feel, we find healing and forgiveness, and we have to take risks in the season that are uncomfortable for us because it doesn't make sense what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this requires discernment. And there, yet in the t- time we begin to feel God's acceptance and his closeness, even though it doesn't make sense to us, we, we learn, we begin to experience his presence in ways that, that are not explainable often to other people. And uh, we find our hearts melting and molding. And oftentimes this creates a period of solitude and reflection. Quite like when you, I think of for you, Chris, is living in that van, being alone. And mm-hmm. that that was like the season of the cloud of unknowing or the wall. Yeah. And it reminds me also, talking about the book of Hebrews and the Jews and the law, it reminds me of, of Moses walking through the cloud, leaving behind everyone who was afraid to walk through that cloud. Right. Up onto the mountain, through the, there's this huge cloud of God's glory, right? The weight. Yeah. Uh-huh. of God's glory has heavy on the mountain and no one else will go up there but Moses. Yeah. And and got, and Moses goes through that cloud of unknowing, not knowing what's on the other side of this fearful scary storm clouds. They're like lightning uh-huh. thunder and the yeah. mountain looks like Rumbling. it's shaking yeah. and uh-huh. Moses walks into that a yeah. frightful experience and comes out the other side and 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 it has an experience where he sees literally the afterglow of God's glory, and yeah. he walks off that mountain glowing. Yeah, like literally wrapped in God's glory, so that the Israelites are so they're not at that stage that they can handle it, and they ask Correct. him to put the veil over his face, and and that leads us walking through the cloud, all of us, that's a stage in our journey. Somewhere we're going to hit that wall. We're going to walk through that cloud. And then we come to the la- the other four stages that that are that can happen in that period and after that period. And so stage four, the journey inward, we need to figure out a new way to do this relationship with God and others. And uh, that that characteristic is life. You know, again, the life or faith cross uh, crisis, life or faith crisis, loss of certainties things that aren't working anymore, searching for direction, not answers, looking for God, uh, who he is, not just pat answers anymore. Uh, We're looking for, we're pursuing a relationship with God and discovering a new sense of personal integrity, of being whole. The idea of integrity isn't meaning that you have, um, you're right, you're doing the right things. It's a sense of wholeness. That you are, you're held together. Uh, your your sense of being outweighs your sense of doing. God is released from the box. Sometimes He looks and, and it feels like again, like we're losing our faith. Where we can get we can get stuck in this stage though, if we're not careful. If we always question everything and are consumed by self-assessment, and become, we can become immobilized and we don't keep moving. So everything becomes uncertain. We question everything, and we don't see God moving us forward. 
We can get well, I, I would also add on that journey inward, having experience with this, that that is a very emotional thing when you go through that cloud and in this sense of new discovery. And so it's all joy and wonder, but, but um, you can get fixated on that and self, um, self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And that is a that's a huge danger. Um, yes. Being self-absorbed with uh, perhaps pity over your past, um, or uh, pride over over the journey that you're on, <laughs> and, and a sense that uh, you're ahead of others, mm. uh, and that that now you have something to teach and yet you haven't even gone through the journey yet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you actually have something new to teach, but you haven't experienced it. You know, there's, there's all these danger things and God says, no, I want you. I, this is about you and me, Moses, you know, um, this is about you and me, Chris. This is not about you and me and the people around you. Or you and Mo, you know Moses and me and the Israelites. This this is about I I want to connect with you yes. and keeping that uh, both private kind of relationship and not necessarily making it public just yet. You know. Yes. Those are good. No, that that's really good. Um, strong set that that uh, idea of of. We're be, we can be it's we're moving through things and and we're seeing God in a new way, but we can become self-centered in this stage. We yeah. can but we can get and the idea of questioning everything on the other side is we can also the paralysis of analysis can happen. Yes. Right. We get stuck analyzing everything, trying to weigh everything, um, and yeah. So. So here, in fact, Chris, here are how we move, how, how, the ways to move through the stages to let go of self-centeredness, to, let, to accept God's purpose for our lives, and to seek wholeness through personal healing and pilgrimage. Bring people in who can, who can help us, people who've gone through this stage, who can help us understand the stage and help us heal, see the things that in us that need to be healed, so that we can move into that integrity so and see the steps on the pilgrimage. There are more steps to take and then be willing to commit to do whatever it takes. Risk. There's risk involved. We have to be willing to sacrifice and take the steps on that stage, mm-hmm. which will lead us to stage five, the journey outward. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how I want to say that these three stages when we walk, start walking through the wall, how these three stages reflect the first three, like the beginning of the recognition of God and we believe stage one also mm-hmm. is a lot like stage four, like a new sense of God. And but and just like in stage one, it's like, God, you're real and you want to know all these things about God, but there can be a self-centeredness in that too. Mm-hmm. Stage two, learning the life of discipleship, right? Stage five also reflects that, the journey outward learning, again, 
to live out of a totally different place. It's a stage of discipleship again. Learning to be, this is a characteristic where we are learning to be surrendered to God. A renewed sense of God's acceptance of us right where we are. A sense of deepening relationship with him and other people. A renewed sense of calling, of a vocation of ministry, a concern and focus for others' best interests. But out of a, but now, not out of a place of of achieving for the sake of achieving, of serving other people for the sake of achieving, but out of a place of deep calm or stillness, a, a sense of harmony within ourselves. And uh, where, where we grow, keep growing is we just, we're not striving. We're not striving anymore. That's important to realize and recognize the stage as we're moving forward, as we just rest in the evolving, we rest. We Growing deeper, seeing God in all of life, being God's person, like who he says we are, learning to be who he says we really are and accept that, and letting go of anything else. Mm-hmm. And that leads to stage six, the life okay. of love. It's all about God. That stage is living in obedience to God, wisdom gained from life struggles, compassionate living for others, detachment from things and stress that we're abandoned our life. We've abandoned our own, our own ego and growing in that of, of, of finding our, our um, sense of worth and accomplishments in life. And that stage, you're not really caged in that stage but you you walk in separateness from the world that you, you and some some people will actually view you as neglecting yourself and wasting your life. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so those are the stages um, that we, and sometimes we move through them in multiple ways in different facets. But those are the stages. Uh, again, this is from the critical journey, uh, and. We're going to take a break, and we can get back to this in the last half hour of the show. Who is that book by? Tell me the who's the yeah. author of the book. It's uh, Janet Hagberg and H A G B E R G and Robert Gwelick, G U E L I C H. Okay. And the and name of the book is again. Is the critical journey. The critical journey. Very good. And I, any as we go into uh, the last set, did I, did I mute? Am I still there? No, you're muted. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man, because then I pushed the button again and I was muted. You got me. <laughs> um, is it possible for us to put this PDF that I have? Um, that kind of describes the book in brief on on like the web the website or anything like that can we is there any way to for where we go where people can go to get our podcast they can get this document is that possible um i am going to link to it if i can find that as pdf linked out on the web then yes they can okay i'm going i will send you that link and as we go to commercial. And this sounds like a great idea. Hey, friends, and thank you for tuning in to Life Hurts, God Heals. 
If this is Tuesday and somewhere between 7 and 9 p.m. Pacific, you're listening to us live. If you have a question for Kurt and Chris during this time, please give us a call at 323-580-5755. If you cannot call, that's okay. You can always reach us through our Facebook page, Life Hurts, God Heals, or send us an email at lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com. That's all one word. We'd also like to thank the Link Local Network for broadcasting our show. Some of the other shows that are a part of the Link Local Network are The Road to Recovery on Sundays at 7 p.m. Central, Community Voices Chat, which is currently every other Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, The Pillars of Franchising, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Link Local Network in your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any of our episodes. Again, our email is lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com, all one word, or give us a call at 323-580-5755. And back to you, Kurt and Chris. I'm just curious if anyone is interested in, uh, in they have questions about what we've been talking about. This may be new to a lot of people. It was new to me not too long ago, the idea of these stages. Uh Even though I was going through them, I didn't recognize that I was going through them. And so it's great to just have some understanding. So if anyone has questions about them or wants more information, you can call in. We would love to hear from you, 323-580-5755. You can also go to Life Hurts Scott Heals on our Facebook page and and uh, put your questions there or make your comments there and it can even be while you're listening to the podcast if you while you're listening not even just live but to that podcast you can go go oh I have a question and you post it there we'll we'll see it and yeah. we will respond it may not be immediately at that time but we will respond so please please use that that tool we would love for you to like us on Facebook for sure, Life Hurts Guys. And, and just to say, it's really easy to just call in, and then Miss Annie, once she hears your beautiful voice, she'll put you in a little uh, room. We call it the green room, but it's just a holding place. And then she will let you in on the conversation, and you can ask away. And we promise we won't embarrass you. Actually, I will promise I won't embarrass you. I can't speak for Kurt. <laughs> but we we would love to just interview you on your little journey for a few moments and or answer any questions you might have about the journey, which is what this show is about. So, Chris, your thoughts on on those stages, or what what were your anything that you were thinking or thoughts that came into your mind? I've experienced all of these, and I think it's a very good reflection of of the journey of my life um when i speak of this infancy that i'm going through and this freshness in the spirit that's beginning with uh you know going through the cloud of three and entering into four five and six and uh journey inward journey outward and a life of love and i tell you love is everything we could do five shows on love easy hmm. um, because you know when I when I am 
because that's kind of the stage I'm in right now is, is like I said, four, five, and six, but that outward working that leads into love um, is phenomenal because there are days, actually every day, where there are things that I have to do and I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> I just don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like doing this meeting. I don't feel, you know, feel, feel, feel. And it's okay to feel, but there's something more important than feel, and that is love. And when I remember to love God, or when I remember that I'm going to do this out of my love for this person, suddenly there is this spiritual energy and power to do it. Recently, I was on a long trip, uh, a drive, maybe 10 hours of driving or so, um, to visit a relative and to spend time with the family. And when I got tired, physically tired, I would take my road breaks, you know, my 10-minute naps here and there. Um, but I drove overnight, and that was after a very long day. And I was thinking, boy, this is so hard. I'm not sure I want to do this drive. But every time I thought about my love for God and my love for my family, I did it. And then on the way home, it was even more difficult because I broke down on the way home. And, and that was a nuisance. And that didn't happen at a good time. And I could have worried and I could have done all that, you know, anxious stuff. But I knew God had a, had a plan in it and so forth. But then it just made my journey that much longer. And, it was, and you, you can get into that whole journey inward, all of your emotional feelings and things like that. But then quickly I went to love. I did this because I love God and I love this person. And I finished that journey, and I felt good about it. There was no guilt about my emotions or feelings, because even though there was the temptation to be pulled down into the world, the temptation to be pulled backward uh, to things that were more comfortable, when I remembered love and I followed through with it with this renewed vigor and freshness, when I came through it, it was like, wow, so glad I did it, so glad I did it in the spirit of love. And I go through this, Kurt, every day, because every day my life is filled, yes, with good things, but a lot of things I don't want to do. Hmm. I just don't want to do. And I can become lazy. You know, you and I talked once about making sure that our house is clean, you know, uh, taking care of chores that we don't want to do. And I, I think I related to you that, uh, you know, the dishes were stacking up, the laundry was stacking up, the, the floor was getting really dirty and so forth. And I thought, I don't want my life to be like this, but why do I not want to do this? And then it was as if the Lord turned this into a great big lesson. Um, he said, do it for me. Hmm. Do the dishes for me, because those dishes are mine, and my life, your life is mine. Do uh, Take care of the place you're living in, because I gave it to you, because I love you, you know? So do the laundry, because I gave you those clothes. So take care of them, take care of you, because you belong to me. And I tell you, Kurt, it changes everything, and and 
I think my place is pretty spick and span now. And it's not because I'm an orderly person um, or I'm, you know, I'm over the top, uh, you know, in control of life and so forth. I'm not a controller like that. But doing life out of love changes everything. Changes everything. Well, there's two things that you that I rose to mind into my mind as you were talking. The first one's going to be easy, and that is you you often said, or you've said recently to me that if we feel like our life is in chaos internally, mm-hmm. then to take action to order our external worlds, to bring mm-hmm. order to our external worlds, and that will help us bring the things interior that are in chaos into order. So the idea of making your bed, getting up, taking a shower, cleaning your house, mm-hmm. having some kind of, of schedule like that. Or even helping your spouse or helping yes. your kids when you don't feel like it. Yes. Doing it out of love reorients everything instead of a selfish place. It becomes a, a loving place. Well, and here's the, and that brings the other thing because you just said it again, is that you probably confused a bunch of people when you're talking about we do it out of love even when you don't feel like it because most people, many mm-hmm. people, especially when it comes to who, you know the movies we watch, sure. TV shows, and the culture around us tells us love is our feelings. So yeah. you're saying there's a difference between what we feel. And actual love. Yeah. And how, so what we need right now is you to give us a definition of love that goes beyond our feelings. Because if I only do things when I feel like loving the person, is that that's what you're saying is that that's not really love. So what is love if it's not my feelings? Yeah. Yeah. Well, love, love can be feelings. God feels love for us. God also does loving things for us. And I don't know that it matters which comes first. I think the ultimate perfection is that we develop sincere love for our for the people we don't like. <laughs> you know. <laughs> When Jesus says, love your enemies, then we comically say, yeah, as long as I don't have to like them, I can love them. But I don't think that's perfection. I think God loves everyone. And he has affection and feelings for loving feelings toward everyone, even those who hate him. That's that's the perfection. I'm moving in that direction, but I'm not there yet. But the way to get there is to do the loving thing. You know, it's like that. What was it? The the parable of Jesus when he he says, um, you know, something to the effect of uh, who lo- who loved this person more that it was the son and the father the two sons and the father says I want you to go into the field and work the field and the one says 
I'll do it, and then he doesn't. And then the other son says, uh, I won't, but then he does. <laughs> Which one loved the father? And it mm. was the one, the one who did, even though he didn't feel like it. He said, no, I don't want to, but then does it. And that, and that, uh, that's, oh, a process. that's a phase of growing into this perfect kind of love. So I don't know if I defined it for you at all, but. Yeah, I I think that what I what you talk about these actions really gets us to that definition. Think simply, love is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it willingness and it's a willingness to sacrifice, give yourself away to other people. And what you said is like actions oftentimes precede actions of love of sacrifice actions of sacrificial love precede the feelings. And that goes back to the idea of when we don't, when we feel like our lives are in chaos, that we do outward things to bring the internal into order. We do orderly things like we make our beds, we take a shower, we to bring our internal chaos into order. And then, and, and both of these things highlight the fact that we are just like the father, like God is father, son, and Holy spirit. We are mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. We, we are a triune being within ourselves that reflects God's nature within ourselves. And sometimes the mind, body, and spirit, sometimes when the mind and the will or the spirits seem out of order and in chaos, they're all connected. So if we do things, so we don't feel love in our spirit, we don't have loving thoughts in our mind towards this person, but we choose to do things physically to love that person, then the physical, the bodily aspect of loving sacrificially begins to bring the mind and will into alignment with it. They're tied together. And this is why I tell people, if you're trying to pray, you know, you're you're trying to connect with God, and it isn't working. You're trying to be present to Him, and your mind is going all over the place, and you can't focus. You're like me. You've got a million thoughts rolling through your mind, and you're trying to settle and listen, but all these thoughts are just tossing you all over the place like, wind, like the waves on the wind, right? One of the things you can do physically to begin to tune your body, your mind, and rather, and your will into rest is to begin to b- slow down your breathing and focus on that breathing and let that be a spiritual act of breathing in is your unspoken invitation for the Holy Spirit to take, to come and take over and consume you. And your Breathing out is your releasing of anything that would distract you. Pain, worries, fear, insecurity, shame, hurts. You can release you, that's your unconscious or your conscious act of breathing out slowly is to release those things. And just to sit there and focus on nothing but your breathing can actually begin to calm and slow down your breathing in that way it begins to calm your mind and your will and bring them all into alignment with each other. And it's the same way I think what you're talking about is that this is the same thing we do, we can do. Love is sacrifice. And so when we 
do loving acts physically of sacrifice for others, we begin to bring our mind and our will into alignment. And we begin to feel the, the, the love as we begin to act this out without feeling it. We just do it. Our feelings, our emotions, our mind, our passions, our will come into alignment with that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love that. Thank you for for that. Yeah. Um, Good. I, I think this is going to be a wrap. We only have a few minutes left, but I do want to point out one thing. Next week, we're going to have a, our second guest ever on the show. Uh, his name is Jason Hickey, who had who when we talk about we've often talked about being aware of God's presence. Jason pastors, and he actually. Like the, is the only guy I know who, or girl who pastors that I know personally who actually went to school, not to just a Bible college, but he went to school for spiritual direction. He went to school in university in his preparation to pastor to practice the presence of God. So he has a wealth of of not only head knowledge but heart life experience and walking in awareness with God through the midst of hurts and brokenness. So thought it would be great to have him on the show next week, a week from today. And Chris, this is where you get to interview him because I'll be out for a good chunk of that show. Uh, I'm going to, my daughter has a thing that I can't get out of. She is important to me and this is sacrifice. So I'm going to see her concert uh, next Tuesday and, uh, and, but I'll be back as soon as I can. I, I may jump in the second half of the show, but in the meantime, it's going to be exciting because you get to interview Jason Hickey and he is an amazing guy. Awesome. Look forward to it. Great. Uh, just a, a couple things. I want to thank everyone who is listening in live for everyone who's going to listen to this on podcast or listening to this on podcast. We want to thank you for being in this with us. We couldn't do this without you. We're, we're just so appreciative. Of- Ms. Danny, um, could you uh, let our listeners know um, on what platforms our podcasts are available? Um, I believe our podcast is available on iTunes and FM, and there's, I believe it's now on Google, and, yep, it's on Google Podcasts and TuneIn.com, and we're waiting to hear on iHeartRadio.com. Okay. And that other other one was Player.fm, if I'm correct. Oh. I don't don't have an Android... Yeah, it's 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 player.fm. Okay. And, Very good. Thank you. And, yeah, and yes, thank you Annie, thank you Chris for being willing to walk this journey out with me. Like just as I said to everyone else, I can't I could never do this without you guys. So I appreciate oh. you. Yeah, so you better treat us well. Okay. <laughs> I will do my best to lovingly sacrifice for you. You can okay. pay me later. Yeah. In sarcasm. <laughs> well, I'll I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Have a good night, everyone. We'll see you good next night. Good night, everybody. God bless you. Good night. Bye bye.